Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to season 11.5 of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme for this spotlight series is heart effects around the globe, and we have a great show for you today. Today's show is Growing Up with a Special Needs Sister, and our guests are siblings Sapir Lieben and Idan Lieben. Just recently, you may have heard siblings Sapir and Idan Lieben on Heart to Heart with Anna when they talked with me about what it was like to be the sister and brother of a little sister born with a complex heart condition, and autism, and later epilepsy. I knew when we were having our conversation that there was so much more to the story, and Idana Sapir agreed to come back on the show so they could talk even more about being siblings with Liel and to do the very first Heart to Heart with Anna show in Hebrew. So while I will be interviewing them today in English, my dear friend Rachel Greenbaum will be interviewing them in Hebrew. My bilingual friends who know both English and Hebrew are in for a treat. Idan and Sapir were born in Jerusalem in 1994 and 1996, respectively. In almost every way, they are a typical brother and sister, but for this. Their younger sister, Liel, was born with double outlet right ventricle, or DORV. By age four, she was showing signs of autism, and by age 13, she had developed epilepsy. Quickly, Idan and Sapir learned that their lives at home would be different from those of their friends. Both were involved with the day-to-day care of their sister, taking turns being home for her after school, making meals before their parents came home, and, in general, being there to help with whatever was needed. Liel passed away in 2012 at the age of 15. Today, we're going to talk with Idan and Sapir a little bit more in depth about what it was like to grow up with a special needs sister so they can provide their perspective on living with that kind of challenge or opportunity and perhaps offer some advice for other families in a similar situation. Welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna Sapir. Hi, Anna. Thank you for having us again. Well, I'm excited to have you on the program again today, and we'll talk with Idan a little bit later in segment two. Sapir, when you talked to me recently about growing up with Liel, you told me that you shared a room with her. I loved how your brother said that when you were growing up with Liel, she put her signature on everything because she was so curious about everything. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that meant? Was it destructive or was she the kind of person who just had to take everything apart or maybe color on things? What was Liel's signature? Liel saw every wall or every furniture in the house like it was a one big canvas anything that came to her mind was written on them uh, whether it's math calculations or things that she learned or heard at school but in my opinion it was a way for her to express herself mm-hmm. and in that way she would share some of her knowledge with us. 
it was a way for us to understand what is going on inside of her mind. Wow. Yeah. So you got a chance to know what she was learning at school because she would come back home and she would share that with you. On the walls, yeah. On the walls. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, on the walls, on the on, on on my closet, my desk. She will write everything. She loves to explore, and yes, things were destroyed on the way. But I don't think that it was intentionally to destroy things. Right. Yeah, it sounds like it was more a means of communication. Like she was working really hard to share with you. And everybody. Yeah. It seems like sharing a room with someone like Liel would have been very challenging. I can't imagine having somebody right on my desk and my walls. Wow. Typically, when sisters grow up, they have to share a room. I shared a room with my sister. And I was really, really happy when I turned 10. We had moved to a new place and I got my own room. Did you ever have a feeling that you wanted your own room? Yeah, of course. I wanted my own place and my own room. But... I didn't have any other choice. So I tried to find some private places around the house to hide the things that were important for me. But Liel find a way to <laughs> to get to my stuff. <laughs> That's Sorry. the impression. No, no, that is the exact impression I got when I talked to you before. I remember you telling me you would put things as high as you could, but it seems like she was a very resourceful young lady. Yeah. <laughs> but it's important for me to say that I also like to share a room with my sister because I felt I was taking care of her and being with her. And sometimes when Liel used to touch our personal things, it was as if she wanted to be like us or mm-hmm. like like a little child admiring his older siblings. Oh, I'm sure she did. I'm sure she admired everything that you and your brother did and that you and your brother had. I'm sure she wanted to be just like you because that is how it is with little sisters. I know I had a little sister myself and... I think we all have stories like that (laughs) where they tend to get a little bit too curious and our things aren't quite what they were before, but you wouldn't give anything for having your little sister. So I totally understand that. It was interesting how when we had the episode last season, Idan taught us about how important it was when his father gave him or when your father gave him a lock so he could make his thing safer from Liel's signature. I have a feeling that even with that lock, she still got to some things. But exactly what was it that you did to try and keep your thing safe? You said that you tried to find some safe places in your in your home. But if you could go back and give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself to keep your thing safe from Liel? Maybe to take everything more lightly and understand that that it's the part of growing up with siblings with special needs. And it's okay. And I need to embrace it. Yeah. It's just stuff. And what's really important is the people. Right. I think that's hard to remember, especially if you're a teenager. I think it's easier when you're a little kid, maybe. But when you're a teenager, it's really hard. And I think that's good advice to remember it's just stuff and to embrace the fact that you have that little sister who you love so much. 
Texas Heart Institute were offering us a mechanical heart and he said, no, Dad, I've had enough. Give it to someone who's worthy. My father promised me a golden dress to twirl in. He held my hand and asked me where I wanted to go. Whatever strife or conflict that we experienced in our long career together was always healed by humor. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. In the first segment, we talked with Sapir about growing up with Liel. And now we're going to speak with Idan about what it was like for him to grow up with a special needs sister. Welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna, Idan. I'm so happy you agreed to come back on the show. Hey, Anna. Thanks for having us again. Idan, when I talked to you in our last show, we talked a little bit about growing up with the sister with special needs. And you mentioned how happy you were when you got that lock for your room. I was just talking to Sapir about that. I'm wondering how it is for you at work, because you work with adults with special needs. What's it like for you when you see adults who, like your sister, can't take care of their things properly first of all i think that everyone who has even a little sensitivity would back up or at least make sure the people i work with will have all the things they need and all of their needs and personal property in good shape but i can say that growing up with liel made me much more sensitive to the reason and the logic that is standing behind the funny things they're doing. Regular people, when they watch people with special needs do funny stuff, they think it has no logic and no reason. So they don't know how to, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't know how to react to it. Right. But growing up with Liel gave me a lot of experience of identifying the logic that stands behind the stuff she was doing. Mm -hmm. So I can totally say that working with those people today, it's much easier for me to sense and identify the reason that stands behind the stuff they're doing. So I can work with it much easier. Do you have people that you work with who are like Liel, where they just want to write all over everything? They're trying so hard to communicate or process what it is they're learning? The people I work with are not autistic, but they have their own things. They're still different. So they can do many things that as regular healthy people, we won't understand first sight. But if you're sensitive enough 
and listening, you can see a really logical reason that is standing behind those weird things they're doing. And growing up with Leo gave me a lot of training because, and I can see in the other people in the crew and the staff that some of them don't realize or identify the reason in the first few minutes. And sometimes it even makes them react not in the proper way. Sure. Because they're probably frustrated. They're not trying to see the reason yeah. behind it. It sounds to me like yeah. you're very sensitive to trying to understand the reason behind yeah. what it is they're yeah. doing instead of just looking what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's really hard and sometimes I won't understand the reason. It can be things they're going through that they can't express or mm-hmm. can't tell. Right. But at least I can understand that I'm not understanding. Right. Most people are, like you said, getting frustrated. And from the first place, they think there is no reason. They think mm-hmm. that because there are people with special needs, there is no reason for the things they're doing. And that's just wrong. Right. So my experience with Liel really trained me to be able a little bit to identify The, an actual reason or logic, funny as it is, is behind the stuff that they're doing that are weird. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was really interesting, and I thought you had a very special perspective when you talked to me about turning obstacles with Liel into opportunities for personal growth. And your answer to my first question is a perfect example of that. Talk to me a little bit more about that. It does seem that Growing up with Liel has given you such a great insight into being able to work with adults with special needs now. Yeah, so there are a lot of examples for that about how turning obstacles to opportunities. It's very similar to the thing we talked about, but I think it's a very good example that because she had difficulties communicating, mm-hmm. it made us able to develop a sensitivity to listen very very closely and this thing is really affected me growing up and I can totally say that it's very there in all my relationships and with the adults I'm working with sure well what a lot of people don't realize is that 60% of our communication is nonverbal but with Liel, Even more of her communication was nonverbal, and you really had to cue into that to be able to understand what it was that she was trying to say to you. Yeah, yeah. I loved the story that you shared in our other program when you told me about asking Liel to sing a song so she could get some candy that she wanted from you. How do you think people can use music to help those with special needs? Do you ever use music with the adults that you work with? I think there are two sections for this answer. Mm-hmm. The first thing is not necessarily the music. I think it's being able to identify the trigger mm-hmm. that the person that is standing in front of you needs to develop himself. There's a saying in the Bible that you need to educate the child in his own way. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when Sapir and I spoke before the show so she mentioned the things that 
teachers would do with Liel, that they would promise they would teach her new words in different languages if she would do the work she had to do. And yeah, and it was great. She did it and she learned many, many words in different languages. And it really helped her achieve new goals and taking responsibility and developing herself. Sure. So she was interested in other languages. Yeah. And they used that motivation to learn the other languages to make her do the things that they wanted her to do. Yeah, so, <laughs> That's good. You do have to find what motivates people. Okay, yeah. so that's the first. Yeah. That's the first part. That's very important. Treating with music is a whole profession. I don't know a lot about it, but I do sense on those people that music is really speaking to them, like almost everybody, but even more. So I do sense a good potential, but I don't really know a lot about it. Oh, okay. So you haven't actually used music with the adults that you work with? Not in the way that I can think it can really affect them and help them. You're right, though, that music therapy is something that exists. It is a whole discipline of itself. But you have such wonderful musical ability. And my listeners don't know this, but when I meet weekly with Michael... And we discuss the podcast that we're working on. I often am treated to music with Edan in the background. <laughs> I don't even know if he knows it, but I'm listening to him play the piano. And he's a wonderful pianist. So I think that would be interesting. That might be an interesting field for you to go into where you could use your understanding of working with people with special needs and your passion for music together. For me, music is a whole riddle, a big mystery. But I do sense that in a mysterious way, that I don't know how, it really affects people. There's a lot in it. And if we will find some answers, maybe we will use it to help develop people. Because I don't know how to use it, I can't say that I'm using it to motivate or help the people I work with. But I do sense it has a lot of potential in it. And sure. you can do big things with musical therapy. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a lot of healing to be had in music. People without special needs, too. There's a lot of healing. Yeah, music. yeah. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. This program is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Heart Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.hug-podcastnetwork.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more.
Before the break, I really enjoyed talking with Idan about how Liel has influenced his ability to work with adults with special needs. And now I have both Sapir and Idan in the studio together, and I'm going to ask just a few more questions about what it was like for them to grow up with a sister with special needs. Sapir, after we finished recording the other show, we talked briefly about how you weren't able to have sleepovers like other children your age. Can you talk to me a little bit about what it was like for you growing up with Liel regarding having friends over? to your house? Yes, I can count on one hand the number of friends who came to sleep over and still I will have change. Oh no. It was not because I was a shame of Liel, not at all. Mm-hmm. It was because times I invited friends to our home and I saw my friend's reaction. I realized that not everyone is able to accept a different child from them. And that's why I decided not to invite any friends to sleep over. Were you afraid that maybe Liel would pick up on some of their reactions? I don't know if she realized, but I remember from my experience that I didn't feel comfortable with my friend's reaction. Yeah. When I was seven years old, I told my friends, if you want to come to my house, this is my sister and this is her room also. Yeah, that would be really hard to explain to people. It takes a really special friend to accept you and to accept having a sister with special needs, especially one who can't communicate well. I mean, it's one thing to have a sister who's in a wheelchair or to have a sister who's blind. But to have a sister who has so much trouble communicating, that takes a special friend. Yeah, I can imagine you didn't have a whole lot that would really be able to get that. Idan, as the oldest child in the family and the only boy, what was it like having two sisters to grow up with, especially given that your youngest sister had such complex needs? Did you ever wish for a brother? To tell the truth, I just got it as a fact. I do remember that I asked my parents for a brother, but I don't really think I really could imagine how it would really be. Mm-hmm. The reason I asked the question is because when I was pregnant with my second child, my son said he wanted a brother. And when I told him, well, it could be a sister. God could give us a sister. He said, well, don't worry, mom. Dad's a nurse and he works at the hospital. We'll just switch it for a boy. I mean, he was so adamant. He wanted a brother that I wonder what it would have been like for him if he would have had not one, but two sisters. (laughs) Were you still able to have fun with your sisters? I mean, especially with Liel being so different. Look, about to appear, I think fighting is part of the fun. I love that. For who? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. About Liel, the whole journey with her was so incredible. So I don't really think I felt I really need another sibling. Yeah, two was enough, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, Liel was like 10 brothers. She had power of 10 siblings. Wow. I kind of got that impression (laughs) from the picture the two of you have painted. The next question is for both of you, but I'm going to start with you, Sapir. What was the biggest challenge you faced growing up with Liel? Like, tell me what was the hardest thing that you had to deal with? I just want to say try 30 
siblings, not ten. We're done. <laughs> okay. I think that the most challenging thing was the routine of our life. Our parents yeah. work, and mm-hmm. it was hard to watch Liel for many, many hours alone. And she will try us, and not always let the afternoon pass quietly, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> What was tough that is, I needed to be home and for. PM to take my sister and I could not go to my friends or to the mall with my friends. This was tough, but other than that, Liel would try us at home. And as I said, sometimes she, not always, she let the afternoon pass quietly. I think the the lab would open when she got home. Yeah. Doing all of her. Experience. Ex- experience. Yeah, experiments. And oh. we could hear a boom from one of the other rooms and stop what we're doing and run to see what exploded. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so it would probably be tough for you to work on your homework or do anything that you needed to do. It sounds like she needed a lot of supervision. Yeah. <laughs> That would be tough. That would be really, really tough. Yeah, I can imagine. Not only the fact that you can't go do after-school things with your friends like some of the other kids, but just the fact that now, in a way, you were becoming like a parent. You were becoming like her mom because you had to supervise her and make sure she didn't blow the apartment up. Yeah, but we didn't go after her and look what everything that she's doing. Sometimes we watch TV, we play on the computer, we did homework, and then we smell the problem or heard the problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. That would be a challenge. Okay, Edan, was that also your biggest challenge or did you have another challenge growing up with Leo? I spoke about it a little bit at the last show, but I wanted to... bring it up again that I think my biggest challenge growing up with Leo was not to get used to this reality not to sleep our days and our time with her sometimes I did initiate a meeting with her and do all kinds of activities with her but I think that was the biggest challenge not to get used to it and really be there with her Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see where being challenged as often as you were with her, being tested as often as you were, you might want to kind of shut yourself away at times. And so to be fully present with her, I think that would be a challenge. I think that's, that's a great answer. Well, let's end by saying what the greatest gift was that you feel you received being Liel's sister. Thanks to Liel, I am who I am today. And as we discussed the previous question about my friends, I can see the differences between me and my friends growing up. Because of the life of Liel, I got more maturity and responsibility and accepting the other, and especially proportion in life. Liel taught us a lot about the world and about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think she helped for you and your brother to be very compassionate and such understanding adults. 
it's been a pleasure for me to get to know you through your dad, <laughs> because I feel like I do know you. And I've really enjoyed the interview with both of you as well. Idan, what was the greatest gift you received being Liao's brother? I want to join Sapir's answer. Look, there are a lot of great gifts that we received growing up with Liao. I think one of them is the lesson she gave us about being free and creative in or with our disabilities in life and meeting life with such joy and happiness and thirst for all of the treasures that life can give you. Yeah, that's what your dad has said to me over and over, that Liel was the happiest person, that she loved to laugh, and she was just such a happy little girl. Look, it was amazing. She loved to learn. She loved to try everything she could. We have a lot of stories that tell this thing about her. And look, she was so disabled, but she was so free. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to teach us healthy people, but we're disabling ourselves. We're cutting our own wings. Mm. It's a big lesson how to keep self-freedom with my disabilities. And everybody has his own disabilities and challenges in life. Sure. But freedom is not a technical thing. Freedom is a thing that is inside you. Yeah. And you can manage free and happy and joyful, no matter what your disabilities or challenges are. I love that. I love that. Wow. It speaks very well of both of you that you've been able to look back on those days and to garner the gems, the treasures that you have. So I appreciate what you have shared with me about Liel. I feel like I've learned some lessons from Liel through you and through your dad, too. So... Thank you for coming on this show and sharing your stories about Liel and your stories about growing up with me. Thanks again, Anna, for having us. I think it's a real interesting experience to let out some of our thoughts and feelings from this amazing experience. I think so, too. Thank you, Sapir, for coming back on the show today. Thank you, Anna. I really enjoy talking to you today. Oh, you all were so amazing. That does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time or anytime because that's a great beauty about podcasts. They're available forever after they're broadcast. And remember to follow our program on iTunes. Remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.